Why is this the hard part? Y'all know the pledge. Yeah. Well, <laughs> culty stuff, obviously. <laughs> no, we need to use smaller words. Yeah. Occult Confessions is brought to you commercial-free through the generous support of our patrons. Visit occultconfessions.com and click on Donate to help keep the history of the occult on the digital airwaves. One of Augustine's great concerns in justifying the Genesis story as a literal event was that it was necessary, at least in his mind, to make sense of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Jesus died to cleanse Adam's original sin, which persisted as a curse on all of humanity. Through Jesus, then, any human could free him or herself from that sin. To treat the sin as anything but literal truth was to discount a significant part of Augustine's metaphysics. Perhaps more than any other text, the apocryphal life of Adam and Eve, also known as the conflict of Adam and Eve with Satan, or the first and second books of Adam and Eve, sought to drive this point home and put Christ in the pre-Christian garden. The anonymously authored story dates to the 5th or 6th century, with additions to the text happening into the Middle Ages. The book attempts to elaborate on the personal lives and feelings of Adam and Eve after their expulsion from Eden, and it tells a tale that is predictable but also at times surreal, and includes some bold speculations about the players in the Genesis story. Speaking of bold speculations, I am your Supreme Hierophant, Dr. Robert C. Thompson, Joined this day by, uh, back in action, this pair who folks have been requesting, put these two together. We got Jake Wheatley, Knight of the Dangling Serpent. Good day. You want to tell us that we're welcome? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't know if that was going to be I figured that was your You're line. Welcome. Hey, uh, well, now it is. The it's... conceit is just getting to my head at this point. <laughs> now it's canon. Nikki Hiller-Henderson yeah. as well, our Naked Truth our names just go so well together i think that's why we're such a good pair yeah nikki and jake jake and nikki i, I meant our the, the night of the dangling serpent oh and the sorry naked oh yeah yeah that's fair too, that too i was like low-key just draw writing our names down on, on a piece of paper oh yeah putting it on a the, 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 the cover yeah, of your trapper keeper well now i'm embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> let's hurry up and pledge it out we the, we the members of the secret order of alchemical actors do solemnly commit ourselves to a full and honest telling of the history of the occult as far as we know it. Yeah, so you really just got to hang on and ride it. <laughs> I let go. That the I let truth. go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jake, you open us up with the sound, please. Nika, you'll close us out. Boom, 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 boom. You're welcome. <laughs> That's delightful. <laughs> it's the Garden of Eden. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our order of confessors, but yes, we'll do it in the Garden of Eden. That's fine with me. Everyone get naked. Everyone get naked. Nikki <laughs> is already there. Uh, yeah. We want to welcome our newest patrons who are, were tempted, I, I expect, by my L. Ron Hubbard episode. Uh, we've got V and Jimmy. Ferdinand, and this one's just for you guys, Jizzy McNoodlesplooge. Yeah. That name also goes with our yep. titles. <laughs> I, think, I think this is like that uh, Honest Trailers, like you just want to get me to say this stuff, right? That's why people put these names in. 
That's, oh, we yeah, love it. Keep it up. <laughs> totally don't give anyone that idea. <laughs> Let's get the professor to say this nonsense. They've already got it. Uh, Scarlet and Grey yeah. Witch gave us a pledge bump. We want to thank the witch for that and uh, for all the conversations we're having over on Patreon with the Scarlet and Grey Witch and our patrons. Here's a new fun announcement for everybody. All of our Patreon content is now available on Spotify. Now, that doesn't mean that it's free. It is locked on Spotify. This is really cool. So I only listen to podcasts pretty much on Spotify and and I do use iTunes sometimes. But this means that, you know, if you are a Spotify listener like me, you can hop on the app and you can go to you search the alchemical actors. Or if you happen to be a patron, well, this only really works if you're a patron. So you can go to our Patreon page and we have a link right there. And you'll go to our Spotify set list for the Alchemical Actors. It is not on the Occult Confessions playlist. It is not on the Strange Ride playlist or the Dark Pool. It is its own playlist of uh, locked content. But if you become a patron, it is unlocked for you for as little as $2 a month. And now you can listen to it right on your car radio. It used to be you had to do it on your laptop. Patreon was not as handy to to listen on but patreon knew that i guess <laughs> so they, they said people don't want to li- bring their laptops in their cars now in their you cars, know? <laughs> yeah. so here you go enjoy nikki it's your turn to make a sound all right all wow, right beautiful it's a nice compliment i think they went well together it's time to go to the actual garden of eden or rather just outside the garden of eden you guys ready I yeah, mean, we're naked already, right? In. Yeah, they won't let us in. Even just though we so took our pants off. They will not let us in. Um. <laughs> it's too exclusive. <laughs> it's quite a club. Yeah. All right, yeah, you're, this story is a wild ride, so hold on tight. To begin, God was very careful in deciding which direction to send Adam and Eve once they left the garden. So remember, the Bible's got us covered on everything that happens in the garden. It even covers some of what happens outside, but the writers of these uh, first and second book of Adam and Eve, they were under the impression that we were missing some important details between I don't know, the birth of Cain and Abel and, and the stuff that happened with the whole you know fiery sword and all. To the north of the garden was a pure sea where all of Adam and Eve's sins might be washed away and they would forget how they'd betrayed God. So God didn't want them to go that way. <laughs> so that's too easy yeah easy out a south wind would have brought the sense of the garden to their noses if god had placed them in the south which also might have caused them to forget their sins while they were busy remembering how cool it was to be in the garden so god settled on the west specifically the cave of treasures which had no treasures in it when Adam and Eve arrived. So sort of like Augustine's idea about the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God named it knowing that eventually he would put something in it. So it's just a placeholder? It's a, yeah, it's a placeholder, yeah. <laughs> there you, will be treasures. I just haven't put them in yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Trust me, guys. Trust me. There will be treasures. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't written that scene yet. <laughs> Far from forgetting their transgression, the first couple became wholly overcome by it. The text raises the stakes on Adam and Eve's ambition in eating the fruit. God characterizes their sin as a desire for divinity, greatness, and an exalted state such as I have. That's not counter to the narrative necessarily that's implied by the snakes telling, you know, if you eat of the fruit, right, then you'll be as gods. 
but it's not always interpreted that way, that that was their intention. Insofar as the serpent promised Eve that she would be like God, or that she and Adam would be as gods in their knowledge of good and evil, we can accept the interpretation of their transgression, except that the serpent's claims were limited to what they would know and not what they would be. So this is the other thing. Here, God is or God, at least in this apocryphal text, so apocryphal God is saying that they would be as great as God, or they desired to be as great as God, not just to know as much as God, but to be God-like. This, however, is not in the, in the actual text of the Bible. The serpent never promised divinity, just knowledge. Got me so far? Am I being too nerdy? No, that's the that's the one I'm familiar with. Yeah, Satan. Okay. <laughs> old news. <laughs> old, old news, Satan. Yeah. The Life, which is what I'm going to shorten the name of the book to, The Life, The Life of Adam and Eve. The Life agrees with Augustine in part on the relationship between Satan, old news Satan, and the serpent, old news serpent, during humanity's fall. On approaching the western gate of the garden... Adam and Eve come across the serpent that the book says became Satan. Now, this is also a controversial idea. The serpent in this telling is not Satan, but rather is, after Augustine, possessed by Satan for the period of its work deceiving Eve. Have you guys heard any differently about this? What? I thought it... You it thought actually what? was him. Yeah. I always thought it was just like a, like a metaphor. Yeah, a, me- a metaphor for Satan. So, you, like Jake, you thought it was that the snake was Satan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'll say again, this is apocryphal, and 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 like I said uh, in my episode with Riley, Augustine is not the Bible. He's just a guy who talked about the Bible. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he, he, he's writing Bible fan fiction. He yes, that's true. <laughs> Uh, but the problem with Augustine's fan fiction is that it then goes on to inform a lot of what the Catholic Church chooses to believe. Wait, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you surprised? The Bible did like the same thing, and that was yeah. also just written by a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So, <laughs> all those dudes, all those Gross. tangling serpents. <laughs> <laughs> and none of them are even nice. <laughs> I know. I don't. Did I do this on purpose? Like this is a serpent-based conversation, and here we have our dangling serpent. Maybe uh, I did. Maybe it was did you? Subconscious. subconsciously. Yeah. Subconsciously always thinking about the dangling serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't really? Uh, psh, Maybe Nikki. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So uh, it, it, the Bible, I mean, Genesis, we can believe whatever we want about who the snake is. It says that it is a serpent. But tradition mm-hmm. has held, as you're saying, Jake, is particularly in Protestant circles, that the snake literally is Satan. Augustine said that the snake was a snake, but was possessed by Satan. Maybe it was just a mean animal, uh, but that it happened to talk. <laughs> he talked too much, then he got his legs taken away, you know? <laughs> oh, so... That's what happened. Well, I don't mean that in a bad way. That's just what happened in the story. <laughs> I thought you were doing a mafia thing. Oh, oh. I should roll with it. Right? He took his legs he off. He took his legs. You come to my garden and you disrespect me on this day. <laughs> got his legs taken away. Okay. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> what the heck are we talking about? Anyway, so Satan. when you read Satan, of course. So when you read the text, you can walk away with a variety of interpretations about who the serpent really is. This apocryphal text is saying that after after Augustine that it was a possessed animal. Augustine argued that the serpent was a perfectly ordinary animal who couldn't speak without Satan's help. In the life of Adam and Eve, the exorcised serpent still talks, though. So Satan's no longer in the serpent because Satan's off doing his own thing. We'll get to Satan in a minute. Good. But the serpent is wandering around on its own and having conversations with people. So Satan, like, blessed him with the power of speech before he, like, left his his body says augustine as a gift yeah says augustine but says our life of adam and eve no 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 no. the serpent was always a talker he just happened to be possessed like the kid in the exorcist (laughs) talker before talker afterward (laughs) wow thank god that snake's not possessed anymore it'll finally leave us alone so anyway as i was oh shit it still talks (laughs) still talks but wait there's more nikki Confronting the first couple after being ejected from the garden, the snake says, Adam, it is because of you that I am slippery and go on my belly. The serpent then took his legs. (laughs) Dang! (laughs) The serpent then swelled its head, stood on its tail, and with eyes blood red, took off after Eve. Oh, Oh come on! I thought I we didn't were like ganging that. up on Adam. Yeah, I thought it was about to go like full Jungle Book. The eyes were going to turn like spirals or something. <laughs> Mesmerizing. <laughs> yeah. no, no. Trust me. Adam grabbed the serpent by the tail and whirled it back. Knock and and but but then the serpent whirled back on him and knocked the pair of them to the ground, where it proceeded to crush them under its body. That's a big, so, big snake. Yeah, yeah, it's a big old snake anaconda but or, but it's an anaconda with like a cobra hood anyway but <laughs> that's what i was picturing oh, okay <laughs> what, what do you what do you what do they have in florida jake the uh what are those uh, boas what are down there that it's an invasive species water or something <laughs> no there's isn't it boas? i think you're right i think so maybe anyway something down there yeah. An angel arrived, the biologists will bug us later, but an angel arrived just in time and threw the serpent off of them. So this serpent's really getting whipped around. <laughs> God, sorry. God, offended by the serpent's speech, struck it dumb and blew it on a wind from heaven all the way to India, where all snakes live now. Oh. Yeah, that was good. We had never nice. see snakes here in Maryland. No, I... No. The entire time that I lived there, I for sure never saw Florida. Any, no snakes down there. None of Florida. Definitely you, not in Ireland. <laughs> that's no, true, that's, though. That's true. Yeah, they're all in it. They went to India. Got into the sea, swam to India. Yeah. When Adam worried that the serpent might attack again, God reassured Adam that the serpent was gone. However, Satan appeared over and over throughout the rest of the book suggesting as i'm saying that the serpent and satan were actually two different beings temporarily melded to mess with adam and eve in the garden serpent gone in india tried to kill us we're okay while the book is staunchly in favor of the old testament god's decision to toss the couple out of the garden the pair are so pathetic and panicked over their sin that their fairly abstract transgression often seems far too slight for the incredible magnitude of their punishment these two are some sad sacks 
You think you're sad? These two are very sad. Talk about daddy issues. Daddy issues, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Oof. Right. Dad threw him out of the house. That's true. But if you think you're you're sad, like if you're having a bad day, you read this book and you'll, you, you will walk away saying, well, at least I'm not these two. At least I'm not Adam and Eve. Right. Doesn't matter what's There's happening so to you. Reasons. you. You get your legs taken away, whatever happens to you, you read this book, you'll feel better. Adam and Eve are terrified of most things, and they die over and over again, prompting God to send his angels, or word with a capital W, to bring the zombie Adam and Eve back to life. That's right. Uh, zombie Adam and Eve. Uh, <laughs> so it's just like they're not confident, so they just keep like, oh man, they did it again. Can you like go bring Can we, them like, back? like restart them? Like, God. like, oh gosh, let's go back to the last save file. It's, it's the fifth time today. Back. It really just is. just walked yeah. right off a cliff. I don't know what to do with these people anymore. It does like, feel like a video game, yeah, that they just have to keep getting rebooted. Why didn't he just like straight up try making new people at that point? Like these idiots cannot keep themselves alive. Well, this is it, not working. Again, like when do you game. decide the project's failed? Never. Okay, I'm gonna Can't I'm gonna go. actually explain to you some of their deaths. Their deaths become, as we're saying, almost silly in their frequency. First, Adam beats his chest until he collapses and dies. Then Eve cries herself Why? to death over his corpse. <laughs> okay, well, like that I get, but like, uh-huh. Because they're sad, because God threw them out of, cause God threw them oh, out of the house. Oh, he's like wailing and like beating his chest, like a yeah, sad you know, Tarzan. Yes. Like a sad <laughs> Tarzan. <laughs> God, Eve, while crying, to her, while crying herself to death, Eve asks God to blame her alone for her their collective sin. Typical when, women just trying to take all of the right. guilt and everything. Martyr complex. Mm-hmm. When they learn that they have to drink water, they go down into the water flowing from under the tree of life out of the garden and drown themselves. Oh, <laughs> they breathe it in. God. That's not funny. But that's, God, that's... God revives them again. When they go inside the cave, a cave of treasures, and experience darkness for the first time, Adam throws himself on the ground and dies. <laughs> Presumably out of fright. He is so terrified of darkness that he dies. Get him a nightlight, God. <laughs> Eve, Eve, Eve laid next to him, also terrified. God revived Adam. As Satan begins to toy with them, they become like dumb lemmings, as Nikki, I think, sort of suggested. Yeah, he doesn't even have to toy with them. Like, just leave them alone. They're doing awful. He tempts them to their death over and over again on the craggy rocks of a mountain in a burning field. I mean, if the job is that easy for him to tempt them, why wouldn't he? He's like, come on, I don't have to do anything. I can get these guys to do whatever I want. He said, oh, look over there. And they just came over And each time God, in his infinite patience, hears that Adam and Eve have died yet again, he sends his angel to pick them up and dust them off and start the game over. angel must be so tired. It's like days since Adam and Eve died. It's just constantly zero. (laughs) (laughs) To keep resetting the thing. They start counting the minutes. (laughs) Exactly. There's a cartoonish hero and villain back and forth about this. It's like Looney Tunes. Adam and Eve set out over and over to do penance for their sin by staying in the water or in the cave for 40 days. And Satan comes by to tempt them out of their pledge and stab them with jagged rocks again and again and again. 
After starving themselves for 43 days, beset by vicious beasts and deep depression, Adam begs God for relief, and not for the first time. God, when we sinned against your commandment at the sixth hour of Friday, we were stripped of the bright nature that we had, and did not stay in the garden more than three hours after our sin. But on the evening, you made us leave it. God, we sinned against you one hour, and all these trials and sorrows have come on us until this day. And those days together with this day, which is the 43rd, do not make amends for that one hour in which we sinned against you. He's kind of like a whiny kid. Yeah. He got grounded for eternity. For God. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is kind of related. But so I did church musicals when I was a kid and there was this musical we did and it was called In the Beginning. And it was it. based on, you do? Okay, like, what happens after Adam and Eve leave the Garden of Eden? And, like, some loose thing, like, I don't know, you mentioned the sea on one side of them or something. And I remember one part of it, we were all, like, I was little, I was, like, seven. We were all in, like, barrels, like, pretending to, like, bob around to sea. <laughs> That's cute. And then, like, we, like... Yeah, it was wild. It was a bunch of weird biblical stories, but there was, like, Cain and Abel and how they came to be were in there, and I know you mentioned that. So that's all that, like, this is making me think of is the weird, weird musical in the beginning. It's like a fever dream. I hardly remember it. Children of Eden. (laughs) Children of Eden, right? Mm -hmm. God won't permit them back into the garden, but he seeks to comfort them in other ways. God sends 70 pounds of gold, 12 pounds of incense, and 3 pounds of myrrh from the garden for the couple to keep in... Where at? Where the, where's he going to put it? <gasps> the oh my cave, God. Of cave of treasure. <laughs> there it is. Now it okay, is the like, cave of treasure. What are they going to do with that stuff? They can't even drink water without dying. They, uh, what are they going to buy with gold? It's the only people. You think they can light incense without blowing themselves up? These are literal Looney Tunes. <laughs> Adam just grabs the bar of gold and starts wandering around, screaming out for someone to sell it to. <laughs> tries eating it dies he said show me your wares and there's no one around besides the two of us <laughs> sort of cruelly you know given what we're talking about here god points out that in the future these same treasures would be carried across a desert by three kings to god's incarnated infant form oh so FYI. it's just like a present for himself Gold, yeah. frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah, basically. Just hold yeah. these presents for me and give them to me on my birthday later, okay? Thank it's you. symbolic, but yeah, useful, useless to Adam. God promises Adam that in five and a half days, the word will redeem Adam and his descendants, and Adam will be returned to the garden and be able to eat from the tree of life. Five and a half days. <laughs> so that sounds okay. <laughs> Adam, who has no descendants just yet, is confused. And God explains that what he means by five and a half days is actually 5,500 years. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) This is, um, we're going to get a little nerdy here. This is a potential interpretation for the time span in Genesis 1. Not the only interpretation, but how long ago, right? This is an important Protestant question. Maybe a good Catholic question, too. When were Adam and Eve made? When was the earth formed? Yeah, I, back in good old Protestant Christian school, that was like one of the biggest topics that we would do between like Bible class and then math class. It was a consistent like debate trying to figure out the timeline specifically of like Genesis to see. And it was usually around 5K, 5 to 8K is what they were like saying. Yeah, well, so holds yeah. true with the apocryphal middle age life of Adam and Eve. <laughs> 
God's promise, uh, God promises to take human form, as Adam has done, and to save humanity from Adam's sins. There's a lot of Christianity writ into this. God's promise resurfaces several times. When Adam spills his blood, God promises to spill blood for Adam and his children. When God shows Adam wheat and Adam sacrifices grain to God, God promises that he will make bread, his flesh, and that bread will be offered continually on an altar to provide forgiveness and mercy to those who partake of it, the communion. God's new covenant with Adam includes both God's return to earth as Christ to redeem all humankind and the personal redemption of Adam himself. Since Adam will be long dead by this time, though, God must res- must rescue him from hell. <laughs> okay, but, like, what has he been doing to them? He's just been torturing them this whole time. Like, they are in hell. Well, yeah, they're not having a good time. That's true. I, I don't know. God's not... Re- Satan's torturing them, and God's just ke- keeps picking them up to be... to be Yeah. The torture, I guess, was kicking them out of the garden. God's not trying to hurt their feelings. He just won't let them back in the garden. And it it sucks everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, if he's bringing them back consistently, they're consistently. (laughs) He sees this. They're going through the pain over and over again. He's he's like, no, they won't get it right this time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like dad threw you out of the house, but dad keeps like let you kill yourself by walking off a cliff and then brought you back and watched you do it five more times maybe laughed yeah well, or, or i mean that's dark but yeah if I, if I take it away, i'm, I'm so, i want to try to make this a little bit later so if god like if your dad threw you out of the house and then you know you're living on the street corner in a cardboard box and then every mm-hmm. time you're down to your like last weenie dad drives up and hands you 20 bucks and then drives off that's a little bit i think <laughs> Like where we're at here. Like as soon as you're about to starve to death, your dad drives up, gives you twenty dollars, and then drives away. It's yeah. like helpful, but also kind of like a screw you. Or I guess in the case of the gold and the myrrh, he drives up and like hands you a lamp and then drives off, but you don't have an outlet or anything. <laughs> he, he drives by some sages lit. He just wafts it at you. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Dad. Thanks. I feel cleansed <laughs> and hungry. <laughs> right, so God tells Adam, if you said, give me the water of life so that I can drink and live, it cannot be this day, but on the day that I will descend into hell and break the brass gates of brass and bruise the kingdoms of iron into pieces, then I, in my mercy, will save your soul and the souls of the righteous to give them rest in my garden. That will be the time at the end of the world. You guys know what this is called? You ever heard of this? It's called the Harrowing of Hell. Oh, it's a, a, no. yeah. It's a uh, there's an important event for like a uh, end end times event for medieval people. But today, I don't think anybody really thinks much about it. But Jesus was supposed to go down into hell and save Adam and everybody. Oh. Yeah, sounds like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's kind of cool. Yeah, there was a play. It was a medieval play about it. I hope to do one day. Anyway. After Satan starts a fire outside of an Adam and Eve's cave, God parts the fire for Adam to pass through, and God says, See this fire kindled by Satan around your cave. See this wonder that surrounds you, and know that it will surround both you and your descendants. You're all going to hell. (laughs) 
when you listen to his command that he will afflict you with fire and that will you you will go down into hell after you are dead there will be no deliverance from it for you but at my coming in the same way as you cannot go into your cave because of the big fire around it so you're gonna have a bad time adam it's gonna get worse before it gets better but eventually god's coming after but like he already said like long after you're dead well, yeah, I'll save your soul later. Don't yeah, worry. he will. It's, uh, it, I'll get to you. Getting back to our box <laughs> metaphor, it's sort of like, oh, now what am I going to do? Like, now you've developed, uh, I don't know, some horrible addiction issues, and, uh, you know, you've, I don't even know. <laughs> like, your whole life has gone to hell. Yeah, you, 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 all of your dogs have died. I don't know. You're having a very oh, bad time. Yeah. And then now your dad comes by and he says, uh, you see that mansion over there on the corner? I bought that for you. And he drives off again. <laughs> it just didn't give you the key. That's... Yeah, but it's been a long, like now you're 50. Like dad, dad kicked you out of the house oh, when yeah. you were 17. Now you're 50. <laughs> so this was 20 years ago. I actually got this for you, but you weren't ready for it yet. Right. That's the idea. You are. Yeah. <laughs> You can go into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your it's horrible your... <laughs> box-based life suddenly ends. You seem to enjoy the box, so I didn't <laughs> want to take it away from you. I <laughs> <laughs> wanted you to learn your lesson real good. Yeah. God's comments on Adam's redemption raise some interesting questions about the biblical timeline of the book. Traditionally, the harrowing of hell when Adam was rescued from the pits of despair took place in the days between Christ's crucifixion and resurrection. This means that the 5,500 years would have elapsed mostly before the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. So you see what I'm saying here? The harrowing of hell is not actually something that's taking place in end times. It's happening. So Jesus dies and is resurrected. And when Jesus dies, Jesus goes down into hell, rescues everybody, and then returns to earth. Oh, yeah. okay. That's see okay, that sounds a little bit more familiar. No. Yeah, you've heard that doctrine? I'm maybe it's I'm getting like a vision of this one like Christian bookstore that I like I went to and there was like a video playing on there and I'm pretty sure it was something like that <laughs> Jesus went down but it was like after he died yeah maybe it was in that middle period but the apocryphal yeah. story of Adam and Eve the life of Adam and Eve has a different interpretation so I'm giving you what it is was generally believed by medieval people mm. However, in this book, God specifically tells Adam that he will be saved at the end of the world. This is an unusual date for the harrowing of hell, but 5500 BCE is also an unusual date for the Anno Mundi, or year of the world's creation. The Anno Mundi was traditionally calculated, as Jake will tell you from his Christian school upbringing, by adding up the time between the events of the Torah or Old Testament. In the, did you do this? Yeah. In the 17th century, Archbishop Usher argued that the creation happened in 4004 BCE. It's a nice palindromic number. But this date would not have been familiar to the authors of The Life of Adam and Eve, because it's the 17th century, and they were writing much earlier, in the Middle Ages or before. In the Seder Olam... A succession of the world's history dating to the second century, Rabbi Jose or Jos B. Chalafta of Sephora, it's probably not Jose, Jos B. Chalafta <laughs> of Sephora, set the year of the creation at 3751 BCE. 
not as elegant a number, but still probably very mathematically, you know, correct in the way it's been arrived at. Yeah, why not? <laughs> 3751 seems very specific. Given the timeline yeah. promised to Adam, this anticipated the dawn of the apocalypse in 1254 after Chalafta or in 1496 after Usher. So if we follow the Rabbi Chalafta, the world ends in 1254. If we follow Usher, the world ends in 1496. Hmm. But only when do you we... want the world to end? Well, I mean, <laughs> Take either... your pick. Here we are. So, <laughs> did, did it? <laughs> yeah. This is not to suggest that Chalafter Usher suggested that. Usher couldn't have suggested that because he was writing in the 1700s. But that if their <laughs> dates were correct, and then we do the math from this book, the Apocryphal Adam and Eve, then the world should have ended ages ago, in the Middle Ages, mm. or the Renaissance. Who's to say? It, it didn't. <laughs> this is World 2, the sequel. Yeah. While they wait for their redemption in hell, uh, and they're not in hell yet, they're up here, but the rest of us, well, we're not here yet, but they're here. We're here in their sperms and eggs. Uh. (laughs) Yep, just waiting. (laughs) Just waiting for our turn to have at it. So while they're waiting to be redeemed and hanging around, they must suffer a series of indignities as a result of their fall. They lost their bright nature, capital bright, capital nature, when they came out of the garden. What that means is they were no longer able to see angels, although they could still see the cherub with the fiery sword who God had assigned to guard the garden after their expulsion. (laughs) That was just an intimidation tactic. (laughs) (laughs) All the angels are gone except for that one. The angry one. (laughs) They could also see God's angels on occasion, and they could see Satan and his minions, at least when they chose to be seen, even though they were similarly made of spiritual stuff. So there's a little inconsistency here. The book tries to solve this when God initially defines the bright nature that he takes away from them. God says it's the ability to see great distances. (laughs) (laughs) You're all farsighted now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we used to be. Now we can't see great distances anymore. Or we wouldn't need to, we wouldn't even need video on this podcast. I could just see you. (laughs) That would be kind of scary, though. (laughs) You just like focus on seeing each other, and we can see very tiny versions of each other at the in a distance. Look out my window, and there you guys are podcasting. (laughs) Just waving. (laughs) In the garden, Adam could watch the angels cavorting in heaven. So that's really what they mean by see great distances. All he had to do was look up. But after the fall, he can't do that anymore. This helps to explain why he can see the cherub, who's just, like, chilling in the door of the garden, and Mm. why he can see Satan and visiting angels, except that sometimes Adam can't actually see visiting angels. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's mostly an explanation, but it's not clear why sometimes the angels are visible and sometimes they're invisible. Despite this reference to great distances, the bright nature seems to refer to a state of being that is also beyond flesh, which allows Adam to not only see angels, but assume a status superior to them. Augustine believed that Adam and Eve were ordinary humans kept in a perpetually youthful state by the tree of life. But his idea that something substantial changed about their psychology and physiology after eating the fruit, namely in regard to their genitals, 
is difficult to reconcile with the notion that both the first humans and the tree of knowledge were perfectly natural. The apocryphal text solves this problem by endowing both man and tree with magical properties that they then lost. So they were supermen, superwoman, superman and supergirl. Is it supergirl? Is there a superwoman? Uh, Wonder woman? Yeah, but I want to go with the super family. It is Supergirl, though. Yeah, that's kind of sexist. All right. Oh, it is. Superboy yeah. and Supergirl. That's who they used to be. Yeah. When they were in the garden. But then they lost that. So it wasn't just that the Tree of Life was making them immortal and giving them magical properties. They also had that status independent of the trees. You got me? Yeah. Oh, Okay. The trees were also magical. Everything was magical. They were magical, and the trees were magical. The snake could talk. <laughs> With or without the devil. <laughs> Julian said, what language did he speak? Adam and Eve's superphysical status meant that they did not need to eat or drink water or excrete. All practices which they had to learn and were reluctant to adopt after they left the garden. <laughs> <laughs> So they had to potty train after they left? (laughs) To potty train themselves. Isn't that rough? Yeah. Yeah. That would be kind of traumatic, I assume. (laughs) This is probably not a tangent that needs to happen, but that would be a little traumatic if it's just like the first time that it happens and it's like, oh. "Ah, What is this? (laughs) That is pretty upsetting, yeah. I mean,. Let's go back to our our cardboard box, shall we? Let us imagine you are 17 years old and your dad never potty trained you. It's the first time you ever used the bathroom. You don't know what to do. You've had diapers all this time. Now your diapers have been taken away. Why have you forsaken you? Right. (laughs) So this is how they responded. They fasted and wouldn't eat their first fig for 83 days. (laughs) <laughs> they took one shit they were so traumatized they're like i'm never eating again they're, they're preemptively traumatized Nikki. they don't even want to get to that point so wait they were just assuming what would happen they knew it wouldn't be good make me shit it's not gonna <laughs> be good like, they held out hope have... <laughs> what never mind no, no. not no, worth that it that was gonna be too much no definitely not they, they held... oh now i want to know go ahead Come on, do okay. it. Okay, I'm assuming that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the anatomy of this here. So like they had these parts, right? Mm-hmm. They had an anus and a penis and a they vagina. Had... Exactly, but they just weren't aware of what they did. But as soon as they left, they were like, "I don't know. I feel like that's <laughs> just bad news." So... <laughs> they couldn't be for that. <laughs> yeah. They could... Yeah. <laughs> or it just like showed up after they left they're like oh my god i don't know so they held out hope that they might be able to return to the garden if they didn't eat the fruit from the foreign land it's a little bit like persephone if you don't eat the fruit in haiti in you know in hell then you you can go back to the world of the living mm-hmm. you got me so you eat the pomegranate yeah. and you you gotta stay for the winter mm-hmm. god dropped two figs as big as watermelons in their cave but they held off from them when Satan stole the figs and buried them outside the cave, God caused them to grow into fig trees covered in fruit. But the couple still wouldn't eat them, paranoid over consuming fruit after the whole tree yeah, of knowledge fair. incident. 
You're like, you literally told us not yeah, to eat very this. Yeah, <laughs> Now, you're, what? It is this a is little a rough. This is a test. Back to our cardboard box. So your dad throws you out of the house for eating all of his pistachios. And then two weeks later, <laughs> he drives by your cardboard box and tosses a bag of pistachios at you. <laughs> And then just gives you a really long look. And you're like, <laughs> and is this away. a test? I think you, I mean, like, are you getting the feel for why this book is apocryphal? This is why we couldn't put it in the Bible, I think, it is in large part because, like, this story we're telling about the cardboard box pretty well reflects God's relationship with Adam and Eve in this whole book. It's so mm. arbitrary, and God appears a little bit manic in relationship to them. God, I beg you, if you know that there is either death or some other evil in these trees as the first time, uproot them from near our cave and make them wither and leave us to die of heat, hunger, or thirst. The couple become thin, depressed, and worn, going naked in the harsh elements, until God shows them where a pair of lambskins can be found, which the loins, the lions, sorry, I'm thinking about loins here, because they're covering their bits. I mean, you did say lambskins. So so God shows them, this is pretty hilarious, God shows them where a pair of lambskins can be found, where the lions have conveniently eaten the lambs out of the skins, and left the skins... The lions just made them outfits. Like sucked the lamb out of the (laughs) skin. Something. I don't know how they did it. While all of this suffering is part of their punishment, God's attempts to feed and clothe them show mercy and perhaps even remorse in the face of how he has punished them, although God refuses to go back on their expulsion. I mean, Box Dad, he's... He's sad if he keeps driving by. Like, he can't stop driving by the box and handing out $20 bills and throwing pistachios at you. Boxdad is really sad that he did this, but he's also not letting you back in the house. <laughs> this is, this is um, a lot like my teenage year. Oh, no, oh, no, I don't mean to traumatize. Not the box. But... <laughs> the, the throwing of pistachios? Oh, no. Like, consistently just going out and be like, no, come back. Here's $20. Yeah, no, yeah. wait. I care about yeah. you, but get get out yeah all right now's your time to shine you two sex baby sex (laughs) talking about sex is of course another major theme in the life of adam and eve like augustine the authors of the apocryphal story believe that adam and eve did not have sex in the garden before the fall again penis vagina anus we don't know what these things do and that they had good reason to worry over sex after their expulsion in his 13th appearance to the couple, I had to count them, Satan arrived mm-hmm. with two of his army disguised as the same angels who had brought the couple gold, myrrh, and incense. So they, Satan likes to dress up. He's like Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> he, Satan hoped by getting Adam to act without God's command, he could cause God to kill Adam. I don't know why, because Satan's really like having a good time with Adam. So it's sort of like asking God to break his favorite toy, but whatever. After, like, oh, I don't like if you have a like a puppy that you torture, like that's sort of the way Satan and Adam are, and Eve. Like you got two puppies mm-hmm. and you just torture them all the time. Like you don't want them to die, and you don't want Dad to take them away. After making Adam swear that he'd do what he asked of him, the disguised Satan then spoke of sex. Look, it is now time since you came out of the garden, and you don't know wickedness or evil. But now God says to you. Take Eve who came from your side, and have relations with her, so that she will bear you children 
who will comfort you and drive trouble and sorrow from you. This is not difficult, and there is no scandal in it for you. But Adam is suspicious, because, you know, Satan likes to dress up in disguises, and believed that if he <laughs> like has... Like a Scooby-Doo villain. Yeah. You like, take yeah. the mask off, it was Satan the it was, whole time. It's always Satan, though. Like, there's no <laughs> mystery in, in the Scooby-Doo episode. It's always going to be Satan. <laughs> Adam was suspicious and believed if he had sex with Eve, God would cast him into hell. Adam responded, God never spoke the words you have told me. You are demons who have come to me under the false appearance of angels. Get away from me, you cursed of God! He really said, not today, Satan. You <laughs> thought you could trick me. Yeah, I ain't going to pound town, baby. <laughs> I think a lot of like our phrases about Satan get behind me and not today. Like They, they really ring true in the apocryphal story. Yeah. Undeterred, Satan and his army disguised themselves as ten maidens who waded out <laughs> into the river. Satan said, this will get him. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be maidens. Let's be ten maidens. Specifically ten. It's like Eve obviously just is not hot enough. He needs a wider pick. Well, you're kind of right, Nikki. So they go out into the water while Adam and Eve are bathing and tell them how they have sex with the men of their people and produce children. And that Adam and Eve should do the same. So all these sexy ladies are like, hey, we like to bang. like... A little flaw with this, though, because where are all these other people coming from? The men. When Adam and Eve are the only people. <laughs> I mean, that's another and if question. If no but... one's made a kid yet, how yeah. would any like how would even the angels like know how? Like, just... how would Satan know how kids are made? These are the it's same like kids are never been made. You guys sound. You you guys sound just like Adam. Adam was suspicious again of these other people. <laughs> these other people, by the way, who seemed to exist even though God had never mentioned there being any people other than he and him and Eve. Because so, suddenly there's t- there's just ten chicks in the river with them. I've He's never so... seen one chick, yeah. let alone ten. Well, he has. He's seen exactly one chick, and that's He's all like, that where exists. where did you come from? Yeah. They're trying to have sex. Let me say, no, I just have so many questions. Where have you been? Where did you come from? How did you get here? And they're like, but shouldn't you be banging? Why don't you bang? Yeah. How, we'll get to that later. and he decided to ask god if sex would be all right so god dear god can i it's me down please (laughs) so this was the original inspiration for judy bloom oh my god so god god it's me adam hey god it's me adam so god sent i just got my period so god sent God sent the, and this was written by men, of course, Nikki, so periods don't oh, yeah. figure into this too much. We're not too worried about that. We can't get around, you know, defecating. No, so. that would be one. So it'd yeah. be like Eve got her first period and died because it right. was fucking Oh awful. my goodness. Yeah, she would definitely, that'd be terrifying. Even if it was a light period, that's terrifying. Jeez. So God, so God sent the actual gold, myrrh, and incense angels, the real ones this time, not the, you know, wolf in disguise. <laughs> to speak to Adam and Eve, and the couple somehow knew the difference between these angels and the false ones. Were there like a sign on them that said, We're the real ones? Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the first one that says, We're the real ones. The second one has a sign that says, You can believe us. And the third one says, No, really, you can totally believe us. <laughs> the other guys were fake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the angels told them to pray for 40 days and 40 nights before having relations, for this would be a pure and undefiled act. 
In this way, Satan was finally defeated in his war with the first humans. But he wanted them to have sex, and now they're going to have sex. Well, God does want them to have sex. Oh, but like, oh, he wanted them to have sex without God's permission. (laughs) And God says, if you even want to think about sex, you got to pray for 40 days first, you little hoe. You got to earn that sex. You do that? That's what my parents told me. (laughs) They said 40 days. And then you can have a good time. <laughs> Whoever you want. Dive on in. Have as many people as you want at this, but it's 40 days and then you're good to go. Have Invite the neighborhood. Days. Do you have to <laughs> wait 40 days between each like sex? Yeah. That's, That's why yeah. you got to get everyone involved. Yeah. You got to <laughs> have a go around. Yeah, is it like Big orgy. Yeah, is it like count? If it's like, yeah. anyway. It's, it's like tantra. Yeah, you cram in as many orgasms as you can. Then you wait I'm again. Sh- I know that's right. Despite having God's blessing, this is not the life of Adam and Eve. Okay, so despite (laughs) having God's blessing, uh, Adam and Eve did not have a lot of sex in the life of Adam and Eve. Sorry, you two. Well, I mean, if they if if they did have to like wait forty days, it's gonna slow down. By the time the forty days, yeah, it's like, uh, and they're crying a lot and dying in the middle. So yeah, it's a it's a whole affair. Eve gave birth to Cain and his twin sister Lulua. Lulua. Huh? Mm-hmm. I've only ever Lulua. heard of Cain and Abel. Yeah, they never name the chicks, but there are women. They're, they do have sisters. Of course there are. They just yeah. hate us. <laughs> so, <laughs> Lulua was the most beautiful of girls. So when you name your child Lulua, you could explain that to her. Then they waited a few years and conceived Abel and his twin sister, Aklenia. Aklenia. That's a sick name. It's a sick yeah. name. As in, like, it sounds like an illness, or? No, like, well, I'm kind of. <laughs> Both. You like it. So your, your, your daughters will be Lulua and Aklemia. Yeah, down with the sickness. Then seven years passed after Cain killed Abel before they finally conceived Seth, after which they never had Seth? sex again. Seth. Yeah. Seth is a biblical. Seth. Seth? Seth? He's biblical. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You have Cain and Abel and a, a, a trachea and whatever. A the girls and get the longer Seth? names. Yeah, Seth's the last guy. And Seth. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like, <laughs> well, that's we're gonna have to credit the Bible here with that joke. Like Augustine, the authors of the life acknowledge the need for sex to carry the race forward, but they're squeamish about in- endorsing sex too enthusiastically. You couldn't do it; just don't have fun. Right, forty days and forty nights. Well, I think Jake's having some fun with the neighborhood orgy, but. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> me, you know it. <laughs> let me see if I can finish the box thing. Let's finish the box story. So you make a girlfriend who also has a box. She got thrown out of her house. She lives next door to you. Uh, or a boyfriend, whatever. And uh, Next your, box to you. Your dad drives by and sees you holding hands, and he's like, slow down there, son. <laughs> you you get away from that box. <laughs> you put your box on the other side of the street. And when I drive by and throw pistachios at you next time, then you can bang her. Yeah, I better not see you anywhere near that box. (laughs) (laughs) So you got a handful of pistachios, my son. Yeah. In his final, stay away from that box and that box. I mean it. I mean it. Ooh, box in a box. (laughs) Box in a box. (laughs) In his final moments in the story, Adam forges one last link between his story and the promise of Christ. Remember Christ? When Adam dies at the age of nine hundred and thirty, he makes a strange request of his son, Seth, 
First, he instructs Seth to wrap his body in myrrh, also aloe, also something called Cassie, who's not the cute girl from your history class. Oh, okay. (laughs) And leave it in the cave of treasures. I don't know what Cassie is. You guys know anything about Cassie other than the cute girl from history class? No. 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 It's like a thing, Mm. like aloe or myrrh, some kind of thing. All that comes to mind is Cassiopeia, but that's like a constellation. Or a font. (laughs) He tells Seth that one day there will be a flood. And only eight people will be saved from the flood. These eight people should come and get Adam's body and bring it on board their ship. And when the flood rotters have receded, they should bury his body in the middle of the land. God will come from there, says Adam, and save all our relatives. Well, that's kind of like selfish. He's like... <laughs> yeah, a flood's gonna come. Like everyone you care about's gonna die, but like eight people. And I know it's gonna be really stressful. You get all these animals on this ark, and while you're at it, dig up my body and bring it <laughs> yes. with you. It's gonna smell real bad. Don't worry about it. And um, maybe that's what the myrrh and the aloe was for. Like, yeah, then you smell better. Stink is bad. Cassie smells good, I guess. Cassie did smell good. I remember from history and class. <laughs> and he's like, I think keep me on the boat with you. Keep my dead rotting corpse on the boat with you <laughs> for as long as it takes. <laughs> they- as Nick, you saying, these seem like the arbitrary demands of an eccentric millionaire. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. <laughs> but the authors of the life are in fact completing the circle on a significant piece of Edenic lore. Adam's requests are intended to fulfill a Christian legend that Jesus was crucified above Adam's tomb in Jerusalem. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. With, oh. Without ever saying so, the life authors imply that this is the very spot where Adam is ultimately buried. That's cool. I mean, when we think about this book, that's really its whole project, is to put all the Christian lore together, the harrowing of hell and, you know, Adam's tomb and all this sort of stuff and connecting Christ up with Adam and God's relationship with Adam and Eve. Holes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's a. It, it's not exactly fan fiction like Augustine, like you're saying, Nikki. This is. It's. It's. It's the sequel. It's or the prequel, maybe in a way. It's. It's the missing stuff. I uh, my kid watched the Fox and the Hound, the Disney movie. Oh, it's so and, sad. And then I realized that the that my kid watched it. Or the movie itself is sad. Oh no, the movie is oh. so sad. The movie is so sad. sad. <laughs> that's sad. No. Why would you do that? Would you do that <laughs> but there's this, apparently this whole other Fox and Hound, like a sequel, but it's not really a sequel. Yeah. Because in the Fox and the Hound, they go from being children to adults, adult foxes and okay. hounds. But in the, the sequel, they're children again, and they join yeah. a country music band. Obviously. I have not seen that one. <laughs> so what the movie left out was that whole period where the two fox and hound were in a were performing country music. It's like the Beauty and the Beast. There's a Beauty and the Beast Christmas. Yeah. Which like takes place when he's still a beast and they have Christmas in the castle, but that never happens in the movie. Well, it does. They just skip over it. That's... <laughs> Yeah, and like my girlfriend had only seen the Christmas one, and for the longest time she thought that was Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I love that. Like he was just a beast the whole time, and like she was just already in the castle, and like. And the that movie was, was it. entirely about Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a 
that's amazing. <laughs> uh, so, but I mean, that's essentially what this book is. This is Beauty and the Beast Christmas edition. It's a story that happens inside a story that we already think we know the whole plot of, but apparently we were missing some pieces. Which, yeah, there's a lot of plot holes, and they, they try to patch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Adam and Eve, after all, I mean, the stories in Genesis were written by Jews. They were part of Judaic lore, but were adopted by Christians. So all this Christian stuff would never have found its way into the Pentateuch. It has to really be done after the fact. So that's our band or secret book of Adam and Eve. Final thoughts, Nikki and Jake. Eve was like severely left out. You wanted to hear more from Eve? Well, it's just every time they mention something that, like, I'm assuming happened to the two of them, it seems like the wording is always like, and God promised Adam this, and promised Adam this, and Adam has to be buried here, and where the hell is Eve? Very patriarchal, Does yeah. Does she not yeah. have to be buried somewhere, too? Is she, like, on the side of a road somewhere, just rotting, unwrapped in myrrh? Like, did God not give her commands? Well, I don't want well, to take anything like, away from you, Nikki, but uh, Christianity is kind of a patriarchal religion. I know. I had a Christian phase <laughs> when I was a teenager, and then I, like, figured that out really quick. And, and I, I was like, I can't be a part of a religion that uh, hates me. As, uh, <laughs> As Riley and I were discussing, uh, it's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and uh, there's no not much room for ladies in there. Uh, nope. Divine Christianity feminine. took away all the power of the divine feminine, which is crazy because that's where life comes from. Anyway, that's a different tangent. The Rosicrucians um, were yeah, going to put it back for you. Not enough Eve. Not enough Eve. I like the story. Not enough yeah. Eve. <laughs> okay. Jake, what's your take uh, on it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> need more Eve. Mm -hmm. I don't know, well, like you, you were saying, even the whole like deaths that we were going through, it was like, oh, Adam killed over. And then Eve was sad about it, so she died. <laughs> so <Yeah>. like, <laughs> that's cool, I guess. Um, She's an afterthought. Yeah, that's sad. Would you have liked there to have been more serpent? Oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of satan but still not enough satan <laughs> not the same guy I, I, not the same guy i did like how cheeky <laughs> satan was in this like it, just like ploying or like toying with him i mean yeah he's just messing around he's just having yeah. a good time everyone has a hobby satan's <laughs> during this period was to just get them to either die or to have sex and <laughs> He achieved both of those things, technically. He was yeah. <laughs> upset in the end, but, like, you know. And I mean, the sex times, thing. It sounds like they had multiple kids, but, I mean, that was, like, God okayed that in the end. Yeah, God yeah. put put the stamp okay. of approval so on So what that. happened to the sisters? Like, what? Cain and Abel's sisters that, cool. oh, we just, we, I've never heard of them before. I believe they were the mothers of the rest of us. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. They, they were their partners. <laughs> We can't From, just yeah. We can't just gloss over this without the whole the incest of the whole thing. Like, I, we haven't mentioned it once. We we gotta. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, Are they won't... sister and brother? Are yeah. they born yeah. to be husband and wife? Because well, that's really weird. That's not much not alternative. How, um... I remember like back. This is this was a weird thing back in Christian school too. I had asked about this specific thing because they brought up like the wives and stuff of them and how they were like sisters and I was like, um. That's a weird thing to try to just gloss over right yeah. now. You're telling me that, like, at least this could have just been, like, from the uh, denomination that I was under. But 
they were just like yeah they were like born to be together and i was like that's but it was a okay you're saying that's okay yeah that's not <laughs> it's a different time just... it's a different time exactly oh that's exactly their reasoning was it, it was just a different time they were like well i mean back then they didn't have any options and i'm like that's gross that's not okay <laughs> you, why didn't don't god say give like them that? options then yeah like if he could make people he, he made eve did he have to make them all related well i mean did, this gets he did into that the... on purpose he's just like an incest stan Grosso. There are alternative Grosso. ways around this, but we need to get into theories of pre-Adamite man and whether there were uh, people outside of the garden. And all of these right, theories and like exist, and, and we will do this. We, we will do this. Forget about our main girl Lilith. She's, she's coming. Either. She's coming. She's coming around the corner. I got two episodes on Lilith. I'll get you guys in oh, for one of those. She's my favorite. Ooh. She is my favorite. I love Lilith. Yep. Yeah, we'll get you guys to do one of them Lilith episodes. But uh, yeah, we will get into some of the serpent seed theories and and the notion that there were additional (laughs) people around Eden who were left out of the story. Because Cain does wander off and goes and has sex with people. We just don't know who they just... Spoiler alert! Biblically. Oh, big spoiler. (laughs) Wait, was it just Satan and the crew again dressed up as people? (laughs) This might have been. Maybe that's who Cain was having sex with, just Satan in different outfits. Satan's like, I'll get him. I'll get one of these. (laughs) Just keeps coming back in a different dress. Yep, that was pretty much it. I know that's right. (laughs) Dyes his hair, puts on a different frock, and returns. It's a snake in a wig and a dress. (laughs) It's a big snake in a wig and a dress. And you're like, you look familiar. Hey, have I seen you before? (laughs) I mean, you think about the logic of it. Like, if Satan's whole job is to mess with humans, trying to get them to have sex probably was kind of ridiculous because that's going to mean there's more people now. Like, he's got a nice, easy, focused task to do. There's two people, Mm -hmm. and that's it. Now there's, like, billions of us. Yeah, he doesn't really have a reason for wanting us to have sex. Cause, Exhausting. Like, to piss off God, but then God was like, no, it's cool, you can do it. Yeah. And then there's all these people he's got to go around messing with now. He can't keep up with us. There's so many Maybe of us. Maybe he got bored of the, of the two he had and he wanted more choice. <laughs> well, <laughs> now the options are endless. All right, I hereby adjourn and declare close this meeting of the Secret Order of Alchemical Actors until such a time as we get together and do it again. I want to thank James for doing the voice of Origin in our last episode. Also, Mims and Brandon Walls, Sean Priest, for getting involved in these uh, two episodes on the original story of Adam and Eve and the apocryphal story of Adam and Eve that we covered today. I want to thank uh, Jake Wheatley, our Knight of the Dangling Serpent. You're welcome. Dangling that serpent, whipping that serpent, throwing that serpent to India. How would you? <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Nikki Hiller Anderson, much like Adam and Eve before the lambskins are naked truth. I have to go freak out about the fact that I'm naked and um, maybe cry till I die. Hopefully, uh, the neighborhood cat will have sucked the, the, the lamb out of something for you so you could just put its skin on your bits. Yeah, I have to go find a lambskin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Keep my fingers This was crossed. just our origin story. <laughs> I just realized that I've actually been naked the whole time, and I, I, I have to go find something to put on. And my dangling serpent is currently flying away. So. <laughs> is that a bird? It's a plane? No, it's just Jake's dangling serpent. <laughs> Eventually, your body catches up with it. <laughs> 
You so you've heard. <laughs> the, the rumors are true. They're very well done. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's another one of those Chinese balloons. Oh no 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 no. So <laughs> it's the dangling serpent. Oh, next time on A Call Confessions, we are going to be doing our two-part special, two-part series, two-part episode uh, within our uh, Eden series on the Serpent Seed Theory, uh, which, of course, will involve a lot of people we don't like, jerks and racism and all that stuff, uh, but also things that fascinate us, like extraterrestrials and, uh, I don't know, snakes, here on A Call Confessions.